This is ESG Decoded, the podcast powered by Global Affairs Associates to provide relevant, actionable updates related to business innovation and sustainability. Join Caitlin Allen and Amanda Shea of Global Affairs Associates for thoughtful, nuanced conversations with industry leaders that explore the complexities, the risks, and the opportunities connected to all things ESG. I'm Yvonne Harris, a consultant and co-host, and I will be collaborating with Caitlin and Amanda for the discussions that we will present on this podcast. Put simply, ESG is everything that is not on your balance sheet. This leaves room for misunderstanding, oversimplification, and the tendency towards one-size-fits-all perspectives. None of that will happen on this podcast. Enjoy this episode. Hi, welcome to this episode of ESG Decoded, powered by Global Affairs Associates. I'm Yvonne Harris, and I'm joined today by Anna McKay, founder of Parents Pivot, a coaching and recruiting company that has a very unique impact on the recruitment and workforce landscape. Anna and I are going to talk about the role of returners in the current day workforce renaissance. And by renaissance, I'm referring to this state that many organizations find themselves needing to rebuild their workforce, but seeing this as an opportunity not to recreate the same pre-pandemic talent model, but start a new reality within the realm of talent acquisition that may cause many jobs to look different and drive the creation of new jobs and the opportunity to see talent and candidates through a new lens and tapping into underutilized pools of talent. Welcome, Anna. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here, Yvonne. Thank you. And I'm excited about this topic. And I use the word new a lot and the word opportunity. And to me, this is just so hopeful and such a positive discussion um, that we're going to have today. So let's just start off by um, talking a little bit more about you and Parents Pivot. Tell us about the company and why you created it. What need did you meet in the market? I have been a coach since 2008. I made the transition from the corporate world, um, working for one of the big four accounting firms um, in 2008. I I was looking to do a career transition. And so I started out my coaching practice really focused on career transitions and doing some leadership development. In the middle of my career as a coach, I had a couple of personal transitions. We moved overseas on two expat assignments with my husband's work and then moved to Houston about eight years ago. And so throughout that time, I saw so many people who were mostly women who had moved overseas with their spouses and um, left careers, left really excellent careers in many cases um, to move overseas and put their careers on pause. Uh, When I moved back to Houston, I noticed the same phenomenon happening, but mostly with children. So people had paused their careers to stay home with young children and then were ready to return to paid work. Um, And so I noticed this phenomenon of people looking to return to paid work, whether that was after their expat assignment or after having kids for a period of time and found it really 
really challenging. Um, so I was doing that career transition coaching and found that I had a lot to offer um, to support people who are doing this kind of exploration. Um, so returner clients would come to me and think and have questions like, what do I want to, I don't know how to figure out what I want to do next. I had this major career beforehand. Now I have a pause. I don't know if I want to go back to what I was doing before. I don't know what the job search landscape is like now. So many questions that I felt like were not being addressed for them. So after um, noticing that people had taken a career pause and were finding it difficult to return to paid work for so many reasons. Um, I, I decided they were having, they weren't able to find that support in the marketplace. And so I decided to be that support and to be that resource. And so after doing career transition coaching for returners on and off since 2008, I really decided to focus in on that market and address that need in 2019 by founding Parents Pivot and being the go-to resource for people returning to paid work. I met the people that I've worked with over those years have been um, incredible employees and they have so much to offer employers that I think it's, it's, it can be hard for employers to find these people and it can be hard for returners to connect with the right employers. And so I decided to fail Parents Pivot to really be that resource for this valuable talent pool. Well, and as I mentioned in my opening remarks, you've really um, had an impact in a very unique part of the recruitment cycle. And if you remember, you and I met when we sat on a panel together, and I remember the audience really leaning into the advice that you were giving and the information that you were sharing, um, reinforcing the need for the type of coaching and support that you offer. Um, to those who are in, um, you know, in the process of looking for a job or trying to reinvent or coming back into the workforce. So thank you, Anna, for creating Parents Pivot. Thank you. Now, I know when you started Parents Pivot back in 2019, you did not anticipate the year that was 2020. And the shifts in the movement of last year impacted, I think it's safe to say every household. Um, so share some of the data that speaks to the trends that impacted workers and the workforce last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I wanted to make a couple of points here. Um, one is that working parents are behind their peers in terms of returning to paid work. So in April of last year, 45% of mothers were not working. So this was a drop compared to pre-pandemic levels of 21.1% for working mothers. Working fathers with school-aged children experienced a 14.7% drop in April of last year. So both working mothers and working fathers experienced a huge hit, just as everybody did during the pandemic. Um, as 2020 continued, we saw 2.3 million women leave the workforce, meaning that they were not seeking employment. Um, and, and I think a lot of that had to do with managing work and children and homeschooling. 
Right. And then in terms of where we are now, we're, we're back, but, um, but working parents are still below the national unemployment rate. So for women, uh, working mothers are 6.4% less below pre-pandemic levels and working fathers are 5.9% below pre-pandemic levels, whereas the national unemployment rate is 2.8% below pre-pandemic levels. So working parents are behind their peers in returning to paid work. And I think this is an opportunity for, um, for employers to, um, to see that difference and to recognize it and to, um, you know, to see all of the experience and talents that working parents bring into, into value that in the hiring process. So as we start to see the numbers move, are companies starting to hire again, Anna? And where are you seeing um, or which industries are you seeing with the most traction in terms of hiring? Yes. So in, in 2020, I had the opportunity to work with several returners and um, which was great to see a lot of people returned in ed tech and in a variety of roles. So whether they were returning in a project management role or marketing or an, as an instructional designer, um, ed tech was very popular among my clients. I know um, data science is also continues to be a growing industry. Um, of course, in 2020, I think that the entertainment and hospitality industry has nowhere to go but up. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I think also companies are more open to remote workers. And so I think that that will, that will have an impact on um, careers for working parents as well. Well, tying back to my comments at the top of um, the podcast, um, I see this moment as such a powerful opportunity for both employers and candidates, um, a time when employers can reshape their workforce with unique and different talent compositions, um, leveraging this as an opportunity to pursue different candidates and rethinking job responsibilities. And then from um, the candidate perspective, I think they can tell their story of experience differently and leverage their experiences in a way that attract different opportunities and maybe even better opportunities that match their skill sets. So I know, again, said a lot there, Anna, you can tell I'm really excited about this topic, but walk us through now the employer lens. Um, what advice do you give to employers as they start to tap into this workforce that you refer to or that's referred to as returners? And if you can, can we just start with the definition of returners and then maybe some synonyms for that concept that we're hearing in the workplace? Okay, sure. So returners, as I see it, is somebody who has a career pause. So, and that could be for being a stay-at-home parent and caring for young children. That could be somebody who's taken a career pause to care for their own parents or their own health needs. Um, whatever it is, they have a career pause where they've not been working for a period of time. Um, it's usually a year or more. Sometimes I work with clients who have haven't had paid work for 
20 plus years, um, and they're looking to return to paid work. So that's where the term returners comes back to, uh, return to paid work. They've been doing lots of unpaid work, but now they're looking to get paid for the work that they're doing. Um, and in another term I've also heard called, as I think we were talking about earlier, boomerang. Mm -hmm. So people who, um, who are boomeranging to the workforce, who are coming back either to the same company or they are looking to go back to, they may make a pivot and a career transition and look to do something different in their second act of their career. So. And uh, let's stick with the term returners for um, this podcast. And if you can describe the demographic and the value that they bring to the workforce. Okay, that's such a great question, Yvonne. So I have an acronym that I use called DEPTH to describe the value that returners bring. And so the D in DEPTH stands for drive and determination. So many of the returners that I've worked with have exhibited this drive and determination in their unpaid work and their volunteer roles in nonprofits that they've worked for and their positions they've held in schools. Um, and they exhibit that drive and determination and getting things done that will carry through in, in an employment situation. Uh, e stands for energy. So if you've been out of the paid workforce for a period of time and you return, you bring a fresh energy to a team. You bring um, excitement. You're ex many of the returners that I work with are so excited when they land that job after their career pause. They've got so much positive energy that they bring to their team and so much excitement. The P stands for professionalism. So many of the work of the returners that I work with have prior professional experience. So they know what it's like to work in a professional setting. They bring that level of performance to their next employer. Um, the next one is T, and that stands for thought-provoking questions and innovation. And so I often find and research shows that if you're an outsider coming in, you have a different perspective. You have different experiences that you bring to the table. You may ask different questions than everybody else who's been in that industry forever, who's been at that company and kind of knows how the way things are supposed to go, right? So returners often bring this kind of insight and innovative questions based on experiences that they've had. I've had returners set up systems in nonprofit roles. I've had returners raise money, engage volunteers, motivate hundreds of volunteers to participate in events. And if you can do those things, those are transferable skills that you can bring kind of innovative strategies and thought-provoking questions to your next employer. And finally, the H stands for heart, because we all know that as parents, we have plenty of opportunity to develop empathy and understanding for our families, for ourselves, for the people that we're working with. And we know how valuable a skill that is in the workplace. Um, and so Parents have so much opportunity to develop the skill of empathy and heart that, uh, that can be really transferable to the workplace. And I wanna add one more. I know um, in the future, in, 
you know, especially after all that we've experienced in this past year, agility and adaptability have become key um, important factors in, in the success of an organization and the success of an employee. And I think that as parents, we are often adapting um, to our kids' schedules, to life, to our environment. Agility and adaptability, I think, is another thing that returners bring to the table for an employer. Well, I love that. Um, I love depth. I will remember that. And I love H for heart. Um, and I also think of H, Anna, for hungry. Um, mm-hmm. I think about, you know, probably some of the um, the candidates that you're coaching and they want to get back. They're excited to get back. They are in a season in life where they recognize that they can bring different value and different perspectives. And that to me just makes it um, like a slam dunk for an employer to say, here's someone with skills that we need and the passion to boot. Um, This seems like a pretty easy hire. Um, But I recognize too that it's not always that easy and that many returners face challenges that other candidates don't face in terms of, you know, navigating the hiring practice. And why do you think that they meet obstacles and roadblocks? Because you refer to them as an untapped source for talent. Why are they untapped? And how do we coach employers to really put more energy, effort, and focus in this returner candidate segment? Right. So there's a lot of bias that mothers returning to paid work after a career pause face in the workforce. Um, So I know I I developed that acronym depth to explain the value, but a lot of times employers have a bias against working against mothers returning to paid work. Uh, There was a study done a couple of years ago that showed that working uh, uh, resumes were sent in for working mothers who were working continuously, mothers who were laid off, and mothers who had a career pause for staying home with children. And compared the, and the mothers who were staying home and the mothers who were laid off were out of work for the same amount of time. The mothers who chose to stay home, they were a third as likely to be called back compared to mothers who were laid off for the same amount of time. They were half as likely to be called back compared to mothers who had been continuously working. So there is bias in hiring process in reviewing those resumes. Um, and I think some of that speaks to, you know, I always talk to my clients about the three, they need to address the three C's when they're talking to an employer. They need to talk about their level of commitment. They need to talk about their competency, the skills that they bring, and they need to talk about how they'll be a cultural fit for the organization. And I think the commitment piece is one of the things that employers tend to be biased around when it comes to mothers who've stayed home. They think, will this person be committed? But, you know, as I've described in depth, and as you have recognized too, there is a hunger on the part of returners that when they return to paid work, they are so excited to be there. They are willing to put in the effort and willing to give it their all when they return to paid work. And I think that that 
that bias in my experience with the returners that I work with has not been founded. Um, and so I think that first is kind of taking a look at our own biases. And then another is looking at our hiring practices. There are hiring practices like using the ATS system and screening out people who don't have experience in the past three years that can negatively impact returners. I often coach my returner clients to talk about their experience, whether it was paid or unpaid in the past three years and relate how it's relevant to the job that they want. Um, because a lot of times the people that I work with have unpaid positions or volunteer positions that are just as equivalent in terms of time commitment as a part-time job. And so I have them really demonstrate that experience. And I think that, you know, I've talked to several employers or hiring managers who realize that, you know, we are missing some really qualified candidates who would make excellent additions to our team because we are screening out people if they don't have uh, experience in the past three years. And I think that's definitely something that needs to change. Um, you know, I work with so many uh, candidates who are, who are just would add so much value to an employer and the employers just can't find them. So I think it's connecting with, you know, organizations like myself and reaching out for those, um, those qualified candidates. And, you know, know when you have a personal connection with somebody um, or you, you can see the value that those returners bring, you're more likely to, um, to be willing to hire them. Well, and Anna, this is one of the reasons why um, I feel like your coaching of returners um, is meeting such a great need in our community, tying back to the, um, the research that you just noted about working mothers. Um, you know, working mothers need to know that they're viewed differently um, by some employers if they... Um, opted out of the workforce, right, um, to stay at home if they made that decision. Surprising to me, though, um, even the bias against those who were laid off. So working moms being laid off and how that can impact their ability in some organizations to be rehired. I'm a little surprised by that data point. I know. Isn't that shocking that that if you chose to stay home and were out of work for the same amount of time as somebody who had laid off, you're looked at more negatively than somebody who had been laid off. It's just, it's shocking to me. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with a bias around commitment. Will this stay-at-home parent be committed when they return to paid work or will they be, you know, wanting to, will they be wanting to focus on their kids still, but that is totally not my experience. With the returners that I work with, they are so committed. And like you mentioned earlier, you've seen that hunger in those returners um, who have landed jobs and they've made excellent ad additions. And I don't, I think they're looking to stay with the right company, right? Like these employers don't, or these employees, these returners don't want to hop around. Mm -hmm. They are, <laughs> they're loyal. They want to stay with, find the right company and stay with it. So. But help me bridge the, um, the data, Anna, and just to clarify for working mothers who are laid off, are they less likely to be hired than those that worked consistently? 
Is that what yeah. the data showed? Okay. Yes. So the data show that if you're a working parent and you were laid off, you're less likely to be hired than somebody who is working continuously. And I think that that's something that, that you know, obviously we've just experienced this huge pandemic and hopefully we are coming out of it. Hopefully we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and I think that's, that, that's something to, for employers to recognize that, you know, to remove that bias against mothers who have been laid off or mothers who have a career pause for a longer period of time, um, because this pandemic has caused so many people um, to be laid off or to, to leave the workforce. And it's not, um, I don't think it speaks to the quality of work that they will do when they return to paid work. But as an ally for returners, Anna, what I appreciate is that you just, you know, provide the data and paint the landscape for the candidates. You let them know what, you know, could possibly what they could possibly encounter as they're pursuing opportunities. So they're prepared. This isn't all doom and gloom. It's just understanding your playing field and that it may not be level with other candidates, but now you know how to position. Now you know how to be more clear, more concise in the interview process and really hone in on what you want to sell about your experiences. What other advice do you give returners that are in this process of looking for that next opportunity? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. It's not, I like what you said, it's not all doom and gloom, but it's reality. It's mm -hmm. knowing, knowing what those biases are that people might hold and in addressing them so that there are no questions. You don't leave um, something up to the imagination of your interviewer. You um, you control the conversation. You're able to share your side of the story. You're able to demonstrate the value that you bring. You acknowledge that career pause and, and you go forward with the value that you bring because of it. So I think that there's definitely, I think that's definitely something that I always suggest that my returner clients do is in that kind of tell me about yourself question that they bring up their career pause and address it. Um, I think a lot of times it's, you know, sometimes from returners are coming from an unpaid environment, they don't realize all of the transferable skills that they have, that they could utilize in a workplace. So I help them um, understand what skills they have and how to translate those in a way that an employer would understand. Um, and and it's amazing when I do this process with my coaching clients and they see all that they've accomplished, they are really feeling empowered and feeling a lot more confident too, that, you know, that they can go out there and that they have a value that would be um, important for an employer. And you created something called the Thrive Program. Talk to us about that. Yes. So the Thrive program is an all-encompassing program. It's anything that a returner would need to know when they're looking to go back to paid work. It's It includes, it, it answers some key questions for a returner. So returners often struggle with a lack of clarity around what they want to do when they return to paid work, a lack of clarity around how to navigate the job search process. What does a resume look like today? How do I use LinkedIn? How do I build my network? Um, how do I do an interview and salary negotiation. Many people have not considered those things in many years. Um, it also addresses 
you know, a confidence build, there's a confidence building component to the program where we, we look at those skills that you bring as a returner and we help people understand that for themselves, feel confident expressing those skills to employers. Um, and then there's the community aspect. It's, it's amazing how powerful uh, being in a community of other people who are returning to paid work, just like you hearing stories that resonate with you um, and in learning from other people, um, learn learning about the job search industry, learning about what's worked for other people, hearing other people say, yes, I tried this tip that Anna shared and it worked and go do it is so validating. And so it's just, that's what Thrive does. It helps you build clarity, build confidence in a community of supportive people looking to return to paid work. So, and we get all those job search tactical skill stuff done too, like your resume, LinkedIn and prepare you for those interviews and and salary negotiation. So it's an amazing program. I love it. <laughs> it sounds great. So who coaches the coach, Anna? And what's the best career advice you've ever received? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I know. I So I, I feel like one of the one of the best advice, a piece of advice that I've received is around, you know, a lot of people say, focus on your passion, focus on your passion. I think that is key. That is one of the um, initial breadcrumbs that you need to follow when figuring out what's next for you. But I think that that needs to be combined with a need in the marketplace. So you need to be able to identify a need in the marketplace that your passion can serve and connect. So you've got to have both. Um, and I think, you know, passion without serving a need is no good and serving a need without any passion is no good either. So you got to have both. And that's, I really, you know, my passion is helping returners get back to paid work. And I think that there's a real need for the returners and for the employers to, to hire these valuable, valuable candidates. So I'm, I'm really excited about the work that I'm doing. And I think that, um, you know, I'm, I'm following that advice of, of connecting my passion with a need in the marketplace. Well, your work is so meaningful and I know it's made a positive impact on so many. And, you know, as I reflect on you describing um, your story and how Parents Pivot came to be, I'm glad that you used an opportunity to build on your own experience to have, um, you know, just a positive touch and impact on others, Anna. So you're a difference maker and I appreciate you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It was, um, it's been a pleasure to talk with you and I've, I've really enjoyed meeting you and getting to know you. Thank you. Thank you for your time today. And how can our listeners get in touch with you? I, um, you know, there are probably some who are listening, Anna, who are returners and would love an opportunity to receive coaching from you. And then even some employers who would like some advice and opportunity to partner with you on returners um, candidate pipeline. 
Mm -hmm. Yes, sounds great. So I um, go to the Parents Pivot website, www.parentspivot.com is an excellent way to get in touch with me. LinkedIn, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to set up a 30 minute exploratory call with any candidates who are interested in learning more about the Thrive program. We set those up at least three times a year. The next one's in June, Um, but there'll be more in the fall and next year. So I'm always happy to set up a 30 minute exploratory call and you can sign up for those through the website or just reach out to me on LinkedIn. And I'm always excited to connect these super talented candidates with employers. So if you're an employer and you're looking to develop a returnship program for your organization and hire some of these candidates, I would love to talk about the the candidates that I'm working with with you. So LinkedIn is great there too. Well, thank you for that. And um, once again, uh, today I spent time with Anna McKay from Parents Pivot. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. Thank you for listening to ESG Decoded. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you consume yours and follow ESG Decoded and Global Affairs Associates across social media platforms. Until our next episode, take what you learned today to drive long-term value for your organization by doing good for people and for the planet.